Sustainability is a word much used in business today, and it has different meanings for different people. It encompasses renewable energy, agriculture, and, of course, water use. Businesses across the country are investing in, or at least investigating, renewable energy as a way to reduce reliance on an overloaded power grid. Farmers are having to manage scarce water resources, a task made more difficult by both legislation and drought. This has implications for crops and food security and impacts the everyday lives of all South Africans. Joining us to explore this subject is Maluta Nechaulu, Senior Manager for Agriculture New Business Development at Nedbank. Hi Maluta, just tell us a little bit about your role within Nedbank and how environmental challenges are impacting business and agricultural sustainability. Hi Karen, I am uh, based in uh, Johannesburg uh, looking after the client value proposition for Nedbank uh, that sits within business banking but in the new business development division. So my core roles is more around packaging Nedbank solutions. Um, you know, we've got products and solutions and, and all those things. So my job is to package all those and then present that to the market to say that hey, as NetBank, this is what we can do for the agricultural sector, uh, primary as well as the value chain. It's also about conducting research internally with our staff and then externally with clients to understand what the pain points are and then use that to develop new solutions. It's also goes further to engage the industry itself in terms of the industry bodies like the Agri-SA, Agbiz, as well as the um, associations in order to forge partnerships for co-creation of solutions and co-funding of opportunities in order to increase or uh, the development of the sector. I am also expected to represent the bank in, in forums such as this, in terms of the podcast or radio, in terms of uh, as well as TV and, 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 and thought leadership articles in the media, um, etc. So that is my role. Um, and then when it comes to the, the, the there's some general uh, you know sustainability trends, um, and, and for 2021. Um, there's a lot of, you know, talks going on in terms of the global leadership. There's a lot of agreements like the Paris Agreement, the EU and the SDGs, the WEF Global Risk Reports, all seeking to get consensus in terms of what is the way forward with, 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 with the environmental impact and sustainability um, to reduce that in terms of fossil fuels and biodiversity, etc. We're also seeing young people in terms of young voices that are requesting transparency and trust. You also have these ones called the digital natives, you know, the guys that are living on in the net that, you know, they're seeing all these things going on. They don't have to be traveling to those places, but they can see what's going on. Like the likes of Greta Thunberg and, 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 and like she's a good example of those that are advocating for a better future because they can see what's going on and they want more sustainability practices to come to the fore. There's also technology, disruptive technology, that is being sort of developed and, and, and being launched in order to improve efficiency to old and outdated systems and processes. And, and this tech, um, like, for example, there's like uh, things like virtual platforms that are coming in, 
um, that are helping to reduce the carbon footprint as people are able to have this type of discussions or meetings um, wherever they are, as opposed to driving to work, which sort of reduces the carbon footprint. We're also seeing energy and climate being also one of those trends that are really coming very strongly. Renewables, uh, we're seeing the renewables becoming very cheap in comparison with power from, from the grid, like an ESCOM, for example, which then sort of fast tracks and necessitate that whole switch from fossil fuels. And you, 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 you might have seen as well lately the trend is around it during the time of AGMs, we're seeing a lot of investors, um, you know, questioning the business and the lending of, um, you know, of these businesses like banks into the the sectors that are very much fossil fuel uh, dependent and, and generating that, like, um, you know, the mining houses and, and, and all that. So there's a lot of that um, the way people are asking if perhaps they should change their strategy to support more environmentally friendly operations or even pursue their clients to take a different path. There's also the whole circular economy um, where we, we, we're seeing a lot of um, uh, convincing going on in terms of the reduction of single-use uh, products like plastic in order to reduce the impact on the environment to more sustainable products like paper or you know recycled recycled uh, plastic as well and all that water is also one of those trends that are coming through um because you know water you know when i started uh, when i was in university some 10 or so years ago i mean our professor would used to say you know the next you know conflict is going to be around water and and, and 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 although it's not as pronounced, we're seeing that now with water scarcity in South Africa and even uh, around the world and the quality of it for that matter. And then the last one will be around um, the, the food, global food security and biodiversity crisis, where the current food systems are said to be very much inefficient, they are wasteful and, and all that, and people are looking for new ways in order to move and produce food and make sure that is also affordable, accessible, uh, etc. So that is on the trends around sustainability. We'll come back to the whole issue of renewable energy. That's quite important. But can you outline some of Nedbank's okay. offerings to assist in promoting sustainability? So I'm going to put it in this way. If we can start a CIB, there's the renewable energy bond that, that has been listed at the JSE that encourages investment in that space to facilitate installation of this of this renewable energy so solutions uh, you know but at business banking where i sit you know we, we in terms of our solution development we've adopted um three sdgs sdg 6 which is clean water and sanitation and and then they we've got solutions that assist our our clients in terms of water, you know, uh, waste water recycling, grey water treatment, ir- efficient irrigation systems like certain pivots and drip irrigation and micro irrigation and all that. So we've got tailored fund- funding solutions there. And then we've got um, uh, under SDG 12, which is responsible consumption and production, we've got funding solutions 
that assist clients in when it comes to recycling and then we've got solutions that assist our farmers in terms of installing um a, a shade netting which assists to combat the impact of of climate change there's also a, a food security or or waste a solution there is not really a funding solution, but we do have a, a partnership with the Food Force South Africa because it, in a time that we live in, there's a lot of, you know, food security, food insecurity, especially at the household level. So we are sort of encouraging our farmers to divert the food that would have been going into their landfills to donate that. Obviously, it needs, still needs to be edible, you know, and nutritional, etc. So we are we sort of uh, creating awareness to our clients to perhaps donate that to food for security so that they can be packaged in a food basket for for, for those that are less fortunate. So so th- those are our um, uh, main solutions. They're outside of renewable energy contribution that we will talk to that separately. Right, and you use the term SDG. Is that uh, Sustainability Development Goals? Is that what it means? Yes, yes, the UN United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. That's how we group our sustainability finance solutions. All right, let's turn to renewable energy now. How can that be used to adapt to environmental changes? Yeah, I, I mean, as you are aware, our, you know, our grid is very inefficient and is very, it's very expensive. So it is important that um, there is, that switch is made from renewable energy to this cheaper source of energy, which is renewable energy. Um, which doesn't emit much uh, pollution. And economically, it makes sense because after some time, a two year or so, you know, you reach that break even and then you start making uh, savings from, 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 from there. So by making this switch, um, our clients will then be able to benefit from the unnecessary interruptions like load shedding, theft, and vandalism of, of the national grid um, infrastructure. And then they'll be able to self-generate power so that they don't have downtimes, they don't lose stock, especially that stock that is uh, perishable. And then they, they always make sure that um, they protect their margins. So we are very much, uh, you know, advocate, advocates of renewable energy at NetBank. We sort of tailored solutions that also assist our clients to install um, a, a renewable energy. And sometimes we even go as further as to say that sometimes you don't have to finance it with us. Um, you can also go uh, use power purchase agreements so that you can sort of almost rent the infrastructure from the IPPs, independent power producers, and then you can benefit from that. So it's more of assisting our client to be more climate resilient, which then assists them to be financially um, sustainable and environmentally so. And then ourselves, it sort of protects us. It reduces the risk of defaults. Uh, then we'll know that our clients are not going to be impacted by this load shading and all those things. Then it sort of helps us in terms of our bottom line because we won't have defaults as a result of, you know, uh, power insecurity. Just as a point of interest, is there a lot of demand from Nedbank customers for renewable energy sources now? Are they starting to make inquiries about how they can finance these systems? Yeah, I think it's because the economics is starting to make sense. And 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 I think um, the inefficiencies of the grid is also, you know, giving the clients that that push, um, because some have been reluctant over the years in that they rather use 
will stay with the grid or even supplement that with the likes of diesel generators, which are very costly to, you know, to run. So now I think we're seeing a lot of clients coming to us. It could also be a factor of there's a lot of power producers out there and installers that are also doing their marketing and making sure that the farmers or the clients, uh, they sort of buy into this. They're selling the, those futures and benefits. So we're seeing a lot, not as much as we would want, but definitely we're seeing it, especially in agri. Even the you know energy, high energy require requiring, how can I put it? Energy demanding sectors like arbitrage, for example, that use a lot of electricity and water and all that, um, as well as in the horticultural space, uh, guys that are irrigating and, and, and guys that are using it in their pack houses and, and, and all that. There's also a farmer in KZN that installed the renewable energy, solar PV for that matter, in, in his mushroom um, processing or production plant. We is sort of using it to make sure that everything, the temperature and, and, and the environment there is, does stimulate you know, growth of his, of his produce. So to answer your question, yes, we're seeing it, but not as much. But I think time will come that uh, everyone it would be a no-brainer, would have any hesitancy for people to do it. Because also when we do our cash flow modeling, we also factor in the, that whole cost saving, call it cash flow neutrality, where the cost the, that you would have spent at ESCOM, then we use that to um, to motivate for your affordability of the solution because sometimes you find that it's much cheaper to install solar in terms of when you, you, you're looking at the payment a bit of the solution and then that cost saving will then support your your affordability of this of the solution now legislation and draft have teamed up to make water scarcity a, re- a reality for farmers right so how is this going to affect yeah. crops and food security going forward yeah, as, as I mentioned, I mean, water is very scarce. And, you know, with the whole uh, climate change, you know, with droughts that are more prevalent now than maybe perhaps a decade ago, um, things are sort of getting getting worse. And we, we're finding farmers having to find innovative ways. Um, but also, we're also finding that there's more stringent uh, regulation or legislation that is been placed in order to regulate the usage of water in terms of water licenses. And then there's also things around the meters that need to be installed so that when the authorities visit um, the the farmers, they are able to see how much water is being used and be able to audit that. And that also comes at a cost. It's not simply to install the meter. There's a whole lot of other need to employ the right people and make sure that everything is connected so that all water that's used or at a farm level, is they can then be recorded. So there's a whole lot going on in that space, but it does also impact, you know, uh, but then there's also the, the whole thing around the turnaround time when you apply for these water licenses, water use, user rights, and the, also now there's a, there was a whole cost implication for, for the meters, and there's, there's, there's a whole lot going on, which at the end, it does impact the clients or the farmers' performance in terms of their enterprises, if there's there's a very long t- turnaround time in terms of when you apply for water user rights, so you might end up making sure that resulting in farmers not being able to 
adequately irrigate their farms or their crops or or, or, or having sufficient water for their livestock. And and when we're talking, and, and there's also, and then it's going to impact in terms of the, the performance of the orchard or the quality of the produce, which means that their bottom is going to be impacted and they're not going to be able to deliver on their contracts. And then that sort of um, has, has a sort of a chain reaction in terms of now the supermarkets or the grocery store is not able to get that food. And then um, it, it does then speak to, you know, food inflation if, if there isn't much enough food that is flowing in the, in the value chain. So there's a, it, it does sort of link up and does cause some food security issues if water availability and the legislation are not speaking um, uh, sort of to, to each other and also facilitating for good production at, at a farm level. So, yeah, I'm not sure if I answered that correctly. Right. <laughs> I answered okay. that well. Okay, we're going to leave it there. That was Maluta Netshaulu from Nedbank.